Welcome to the Evernorth Podcast, where we bring on the explorers, dreamers, and discoverers to find out what their true north is in life. Hope you're all having a great day and enjoy the show. Spencer Saflo, welcome to the Evernorth Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad you could come on. So you are famously known for your sick edits. I guess, like, what kind of got you into videography? Okay. I don't know if I would say famously known, (laughs) but... So, yeah, I think for me, it just kind of slowly started. Well, first off, I'm not that far. I'm at the beginning. Like, I'm, like, just starting out. So don't don't interpret anything I say as, like, I've made it. So, yeah, in high school, we would do some, like, basketball trick shots and stuff here and there, like, just with friends. And, like, we would, like, watch Dude Perfect and stuff and be like, oh, that's so sick. And I was kind of always the one who had, like, the interest in, like, photo and video, so I kind of took it upon myself to do the editing and the shooting for that most of the time. So then kind of just messed around, learned a little bit, started doing a little bit more photo here and there. And then I started seeing wrestling highlight videos on YouTube, just, like, after the state tournament, someone would do a highlight video, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, they would have music in the background, and it was epic, and kids were, like, winning state and, like, jumping up and down. I'm like, oh, I need to make one of those. So then one year, I just, like, brought my camera with to the state tournament and just made a video. I was like, that was fun. It got, like, 30,000 views on YouTube. And it's, like, everyone expects the video, so it wasn't, like, anything crazy I did. People just look for it. I was like, oh, that's fun. So then, like, I just started doing that again. I did it, like, the next year, and we did one for, like, a random tournament. And then so throughout college, I just spent more and more time on it. And I didn't, I didn't go to college for it. But by the time I was out of college, I just had enough paid work to be full-time. So that's kind of how I started. So I how long have you technically been doing videography for? Um, I guess, like, when I first started learning at all was probably seven, eight years ago. And then when I started taking it more serious was probably, like, three years ago when I started actually putting a lot of hours in just learning, like, researching And then, like, two years ago was when I really started doing, like, a lot of work, like, actually working with people, so. I guess for doing it that long of a time period, was it something you knew you wanted to do getting out of college, or did you go to college with, like, other plans? Oh, I never, never planned to do it as my job, like, not a chance. That's why I didn't, like, go super hard, because it was always just, like, the fun hobby Mm -hmm. that I did, like, in high school, is do it for fun. In college, we did it for fun, like make wrestling videos, travel videos. And then the last like two years of college, I started to think like, dang, like there's actually people like my age, like doing this. And I don't feel like my skill is that far off from it. And I just started to weigh what I was going to school for was pre-physical therapy. So my plan was to go to grad school. And I just weighed that with, well, I could do video. And yeah, and then I just started to lean more towards video. I started to enjoy it more. I just saw all the fun it was and like all the ways that I could actually like do meaningful stuff with it. So I just started to go that direction. Do you remember your first time getting paid for like a gig for your work? Um, I think the first time I ever got paid was probably I did like a couple senior photos or like a dance banner back. I think I was like a senior in high school or freshman in college and my high school was like, hey, like, you can do photos, right? Do you want to take this photo for us? Because my sister was on the dance team. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, I don't really do this for money. But they, 
I got like a hundred bucks for it. I'm like, oh, that wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. But then the first video I ever got paid for is, I think it was the second wedding I ever shot. I got like 200 bucks. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. And then I just slowly, I did some weddings, so. There's this interesting thing that um, for people that have like a creative passion like that, when they start getting paid for it, um, they start to look at it more as work and not necessarily something they like want to do. Because it's a different perspective shift mm -hmm. almost. Yeah. Did you ever feel that way? Like, oh, I actually have to go and work now. So it kind of decreases your, like, motivation to still do it almost. Um, I think I felt a little bit of that in some areas because I think the more your name gets out there, the more people are going to ask you to do stuff. And I think that's when I really started to learn. And I'm still in the midst of this, like, figuring out what areas of video I want to do. Um. Because when I first started, I was like, oh, whatever it is, this is awesome. I'll shoot anything if you're paying me. And, like, by that point, like, I'd put so much time in that I was like, oh, this is so nice to get some money back for this. Because I just did it because I enjoyed it. But now I'm kind of seeing, like, there's areas I don't want to be as much as other areas. Like, like I don't really want to shoot a wedding because it's not what I want to shoot. So, like, if I ever have to shoot a wedding, that feels way more like work than if I have to shoot, like, an event that I'm like a ministry event that I like love. So I think, and that's nothing against weddings. I just think I'm like figuring out what I love and what I don't love to shoot. And the things that I don't love to shoot as much are the ones that feel like work. Or if you're like way overloaded and you're doing like 80 hours a week and you're behind, then it can feel like work when you're like, I don't get to sit and enjoy this creative process of putting a video together. I just need to get it done because there's a due date. Like that, those are times when it doesn't feel as fun and it feels more like work. Yeah, but. no, I agree. Um, what is your currently your industry of focus right now? Um, so, the two areas that I wanna continue to focus on is like the ministry stuff, whether that's like creative promos, events, stuff like that, and I wanna do more like brand stuff. So. The goal would be that I'm doing a mixture of like bigger ministry stuff and like commercial brand stuff. That's kind of the two directions I want to focus. What's kind of the um, motivation behind both of those different industries? Um, so, I mean, my faith is definitely the biggest piece in there. Like I'm a Christian, like I'm a follower of Jesus, and that's just been like my world like since day one. And because of that, I just see that all of the ministry stuff has so much more value in it than everything else. And when I say value, like there's actual eternal significance to it. Like I can make a video and it actually can help someone's life and versus like a brand video. It's like, okay, they bought a phone or they bought like a piece of clothing, which is cool and it's fun sometimes. That's why I still like those. But the ministry stuff just feels like there's so much more significance to it. And it's actually something I connect with and I know well, like I understand ministry. So that's yeah, kind of all that. Because you get a benefit out of like being there and being in the moment. Right, totally. Yeah, it's, I mean, both sides. Like ministry, ministries need good video, just like every business needs good video. video. And like for me, like I want to be at those events. I want to be around people who are pursuing the same things I'm pursuing. So... I guess in a land of YouTube, free content, online, how did you learn like what you currently know now? Yeah, so most most of my time spent learning has definitely been online. 
just watching videos, searching forums, um, watching tutorials and watching videos that people made, like whether it's short documentaries, like travel films, whatever it was, brand stuff, and just like studying why it looked good. Because I think a lot of people can watch a video and they see, oh, dang, that looks really good. But it's the why it looks good that a lot of people don't stop and think about. And that's like the biggest thing that I try and do. Like, how did they actually get that shot that made that look good? Or why did that video feel like it told the whole story well, even though no shot in there was special? So just stuff like that, like watching, being intentional. Do you have a favorite uh, video that you edited so far? Um, well, that's a good question. Because I, I went through know. your portfolio, you have a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, I've edited a lot of videos. I haven't... Uh, I don't know. Some of the Pulse stuff has been fun. I got to do a couple uh, longer story edits for some of the students that were impacted at some of their events. And um, both... Of the, those two videos were really, really fun. I enjoyed those. It was uh, different than a lot of like the event recap stuff. Like the event recaps, those are fun, but it's also just like, here's an event, make it look as sick as possible. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think those longer story edits for Pulse have been some of my favorite. As far as video guidelines go, do they kind of give you a direction of what they want the video to look like? Or are you the one to kind of like create how you want the video to look like? Yeah, so it totally depends on the project. Like some stuff I do, it's like, hey, here's an event, make a recap. And it's a little more straightforward. Like I know the ministry, I know the style that they are, and they trust me. So we come up with something from that. Other things, it's way more nitpicky because the client is paying money for it and they want it to do exactly what they want it to do. So some of the businesses, we could go through multiple rounds of revisions to make sure it's exactly what they want and we could like have it scripted and storyboarded from the start and all of that or like I've had projects where we're sending like drafts as we go so like first we cut together like the voiceover interview piece and then we send them that like are you happy with the content the words that we chose like yes then we send back like with music underneath like do you like the emotion like whatever and then they're like yes and then send it back like with rough b-roll and they're like yes no take these shots out put these in and then we like color grade like touch it up add titles whatever so yeah it's all across the board totally depends on the um, the budget and how fast turnaround is like the overnight turnarounds like there's not a whole lot of like say because you got eight hours so you just kind of have to send it but yeah have you ever worked with like a super difficult client? Um, thankfully not really. I mean, I've had like some of the weddings I've done, I've had like a couple where the bride was a little tricky, but other than that, like it's been pretty good, honestly. I've been very blessed that, and I haven't had a lot of different clients because I'm working for a, f a few groups mainly, um, but within those groups, they have clients. so. And some of those I'm working directly with their client. Um, so, like, I do a decent amount for Social Butterfly um, out of Mankato, and the cities are kind of both. Um, so, technically, like, I'm doing videos for them. They're, like, I'm not working directly with their clients. Yeah. But there's still situations where I work with them. So we've had some tricky things here and there, but for the most part, it's been pretty good. So it's more so like the middle person that has to get paid for yeah. you then to have to get paid. Yeah, in those... In, 
in those instances, yeah, there's been times where I know that it's been a tricky client, but I didn't have to deal with it because I was just hired to do the video and I wasn't doing like the client relations side of it. So what's been the longest time you've ever spent on an edit? Ooh. Um, although those pulse ones I mentioned, we spent, I think 17 days on those. So that was Come. two of us working for 17 days and we had five videos by the end of it. How so, many hours like per day do you spend? Um, within, within that 17 days. So uh, th those 17 days, it was like eight hours a day for 17 days. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward. Um, we got to have our evening, yeah. which isn't always the case when I'm doing stuff on my own, but I was brought on for that project, so I wasn't like the, the head on that, but yeah. What's been the longest you've edited in like one day? H have you like... Oh, I've definitely like, had days where I literally... Did full day, 24 hours. I don't know if I've done 24 hours, but <laughs> definitely had days where it was like I woke up in the morning and I had an edit to do and I worked all the way through the night till probably like super late the next morning. So maybe like 20. Mm. Yeah. During those like super long days, what keeps you motivated to keep doing it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just the fact that I like care about it, you know, like I've, I've always been a person who like I care what I'm doing. And I think that sounds really like, okay, that sounds kind of dumb. But kind of like I was saying before, like I'm a Christian and I, I feel like what I'm doing matters. Like I feel like, and it's not even I feel like I know that like our life here, our, whether it's 5, 10, 80, 100 years here, like isn't the end of it. Like that's not the end of the story. And I want to... Like, I want to live my life in a way that it matters, like, not 10 years from now, not 20, but, like, 5,000 years from now. Like, in eternity, like, did I do my life here well in a way that was honoring to the Lord and, like, honoring to people? So, like, did I love people well? Like, did I work hard? Like, did I do all those things? And that doesn't mean I, I'm perfect all the time. Like, we're all imperfect. But I think those are the things that it's, like, when I have a task in front of me to the best of my ability, I want to do it well. Mm -hmm. For the long-term legacy, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you are afraid of other than spiders? Because that's a, that's a common occurrence. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of things I'm afraid of. I'm not perfect. Um, I think I'm afraid of, like, coasting. That's the biggest thing, whether that's, like, with work, with, like, my heart posture, like, in relationships. I think it's – I definitely struggle at times to – like, just take a step back and realize that, like, time is passing. It's easy to just be, like, working really hard and, like, four months goes by and you're like, dang, like, I didn't feel like I was super intentional that four months. Like, I worked hard, but I kind of coasted. Um, so that's something I'm afraid of for sure. Like, that I blink and five years goes by and, like, there were things that I didn't give intentionality to, whether that's, like I said, relationships or whatnot. Yeah. So. Just, like, you're too um, indulged in the process to, like, come back and, like, take a look at what you've accomplished so far. Yeah, probably. yeah, definitely part of it, for okay. sure. Um, I have a question from Devin Winter. I, uh, he says, what is your dream client and why? Oh, gosh, he asked me this one day, and I didn't even have an answer for him then. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip the question a little bit. And say, I think I'm noticing more it's less about the client and more about who I'm working with. 
Um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that, like the last six months that like it could be the most chill client ever or the biggest client ever. But if you're doing it by yourself or with a team that you don't enjoy, like it's not going to be near as great of a process as if you're with people that you love to work with. And yeah, so I guess it's not, not a straight up answer for him, but that's, that's what I'm realizing. I'm just trying to continue to grow and meet people and figure out who those people are that I want to work with often. And I have like, I have people that have been awesome to work with. So that, that's been a blessing, but yeah, just as I continue to grow, like find more people. Cause you currently do most of your edits at your house, right? Most of your work, would you say? Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, I operate as a freelancer for most of my work. So um, I'm on teams here and there for sure. But a lot of stuff so far has been like, hey, here's here's the project. Can you be editor? Or like, hey, here's a event. Can you show up and shoot? So a lot of things, I'm at least doing part of it on my own. Is it yeah. hard to maintain focus when you're editing at home? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Sure. Um, is there anything you do to like keep focused? I'll like throw my phone in the other room sometimes or delete Instagram or, (laughs) or like if I'm going to eat food, I bring the food to my office, which isn't always the best idea, but like, or I just edit in the middle of the night, honestly, because the middle of the day is rough because people are calling you, texting Mm. you, people are sending you emails. Can you shoot this? Are you available tomorrow? Like. So I end up editing at night a lot because, like, no one can bother you. There's nothing distracting. And, I mean, you still got to control yourself, mm-hmm. not watch YouTube or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so you're pretty good at, like, managing yourself, would you say? I would say I'm decent. I wouldn't say decent. I'm amazing. Okay. But no, I'm no we're definitely, like, yeah. not all amazing. Yeah. We're going to procrastinate and everything. Um, what would you say is your true north in life or purpose? Yeah, and I, I kind of referenced it a little bit already, so I'm sure you guys can guess. But like I said, my, my true north would definitely be Jesus. Like, I'm, I don't know, I think this world is so big. And if you've ever been on a plane or, like, looked at, like, a crazy landscape picture or, like, thought about how many humans are on this earth, it's just insane. And it's, like, we realize how small we are. And with that, like how small we are and knowing that none of us are perfect I don't know how I could ever claim to have all the answers and so I think we all have a responsibility to figure out what the answers are like why why are we here what's our purpose like how how do we get here mm-hmm. and everywhere I've looked like Jesus has been the answer like he's he is just perfect in every way in that and whether you find that through prayer through the Bible, wherever you search for that, um, I believe that he'll he'll prove himself as worthy because he's the one who who made me and he's my father. And I don't know. So that's my true north. Like I'm not here for myself. Like I'm here for him. So I love looking at like those little pictures of like in space. You can just like see little earth. Yeah. And like you see all these other pictures of like these thousands and thousands of galaxies and you're just like this little tiny earth and it's yeah. just so much more out there. Yeah, it's, just no, crazy. it's insane. It's like we're we're literally tiny. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I I always have mixed feelings when people claim to have all the answers. I'm like, dude, like, like have some humility. Like no one's got the answers. Like we're all imperfect. Like I would I would much rather put my trust in someone who is perfect. Mm-hmm. 
Then to finish off the podcast, I ask three questions. And the first one is, if you could go camping for a week with three people, live or dead, who would those three people be and why? Yeah, all right. So I thought about this a little bit, and I came up with two. So one would for sure be my dad because my dad's passed away, and he loved camping, and we would go camping all the time. So definitely him. Um, And if I'm not going to pick family, I would maybe pick family. But if I want to, like, go over the top, probably go Jimmy Chin because do you know who Jimmy Chin is? No. He's like a DP, director, producer. But he does a lot of, like, North Face, like, crazy, like, sports, climbing, hiking documentaries. He's literally insane. He'll, like, do photos, like, documentaries, whatever. But so I feel like that dude would just have some insane like stories to tell and like his knowledge would just be crazy from both a camping adventurous side and like a just video photo side, which would be insane. Um, third person, I don't know, that's a good one. I'll probably just take my wife. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nice, nice. Why would you take your wife? Because she's my wife. <laughs> she's awesome. <laughs> if you could explore one place in the entire world, where would you go and why would you want to go there? Okay. Ooh. Um, well, we went to Bali for the honeymoon, so that was the one place. I would maybe go back. Okay, but go back there again. <laughs> otherwise, I don't know. There, I feel like there's just so many places on the earth that are crazy. Um. Yeah, because you're just leaving. Um, is it this week to go somewhere? Yeah, yeah. We're super quick trip, but we're going to the Philippines for like two days. So I don't know if we'll get to see much, um, because we have events at least one of the two days. Um, the other day I'm not sure what our schedule looks like, but hopefully we'll get to see some fun stuff there. Maybe adventure a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, that'll that'll be sweet. I know. Okay, I, I actually know a place. I've seen photos. I don't know exactly where it is, but I think it's somewhere in China. There's, like, these crazy, like, mountain things where it's, like, do you know what I'm talking about? It's, like, they're... Is it, is it where they have, like, the... Gosh, I don't know. Is it, like, they have different grass growing on, yeah, like, the different like, sides of the mountain? Yeah, it's, like, it's rice, there's I think. grass. Rice. No, not, not rice terraces. Okay. No, okay. no. Um... Yeah, I don't even know. It's like rock formations, but they're they're really big, but they're still it's not high enough where nothing grows on them. Okay. But it just looks insane because it's like they're everywhere, but the like in between each one is still super deep. So I don't know. It just looks mm-hmm. nuts, like fly a drone through or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you were to leave your last message dash piece of advice right now, what would that be? I would say figure out why you're doing what you're doing because it's going to matter in 5,000 years, not just five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And then, Spencer, how can people find you on social media, uh, different events you go to? Yeah, I mean, you can go to Instagram. It's Instagram's not real life, but <laughs> Spencer Suflo on Instagram, S-U-L, Flo, or just my website, spencersuflo.com. Sweet. So, well, Spencer, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the Road yeah, Podcast. Yeah, thanks, man. It was fun.
Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, share it with friends and family, and you can find us at ever underscore north on Instagram and Twitter and evernorthco on Facebook. And you definitely got a system going. You're like, thank you, dude. I got questions like ready after everyone. <laughs>